Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Find it now on SEM Synergy. Hello, you're listening to SEM Synergy, your weekly digital marketing podcast. I'm Bruce Clay here with Robert Ramirez, Christy Kellogg, Virginia Nessie, and Dwayne Forrester. Thanks, Bruce. We've got a great show lined up today, but we also have some sad news. It's the last show with Rob Ramirez. If you listen to the show, you know Rob. He's a key SEO expert on the show, and he's really going to be missed. Thanks, Christy. I'm going to miss uh, being on the show as well. Uh, it's not lost on me. Um, you know, anyone in this industry would kill to be on a podcast with Bruce Clay and Dwayne Forrester, uh, myself included. So it's been an honor and a pleasure. Well, we've loved having you. So we wanted to pick your brain one last time and have you give us your predictions for the future of SEO and also share your tips on being an SEO rock star and working with clients. We wanted to get started with AMP. There's been a lot of discussion about accelerated mobile pages lately. What do you think about AMP? What's going to happen? Yeah, so, I mean, we've kind of talked about this on other podcasts. Um, I definitely think AMP makes sense for publishers, right? Uh, it is clearly, there's a SERP enhancement already in place. There's a carousel for AMP articles. There's an annotation there. So if you are a publisher, then I think it definitely makes sense for you to kind of invest in that space to try and uh, occupy that new SERP real estate, uh, something that doesn't exist for other spaces. Uh, although I definitely feel it's, it's limited to that, right? Uh, unless Google starts to enhance visibility for AMP pages in the regular SERP, uh, it's, I'd be hard-pressed to recommend someone that wasn't a publisher um, you know, changing their entire source. Uh, I know that you uh, yesterday attended a conference where uh, AMP was one of the subjects that was discussed. Yeah, SEJ Summit took place in Santa Monica, and one of the speakers was Miley Oye from Google. And one of her three main points was to get AMP ready. And then later on, there was a Q&A, and I'm just going to read what she said. I would say if you're wondering where AMP is going, just be ready. Start updating. Whether it's AMP or structured data, there's more stuff you can do to better feature it. You will get better ROI with these things, and then when they say they've rolled it out for entertainment, let's say, you're ready. So that was the end of the quote. So that was, you know, pretty clear, roll it out no matter what your industry. And Bruce, you had some thoughts on this that maybe there's a different motive for why Google wants us all to implement AMP. Well, uh, I think we all understand that Google wants to be able to at least control as much as they can their own search result pages. Uh, AMP, while it might be open source, really seems to be something that's being pushed most by Google. And if you are AMP, you're doing it for search. You're doing it for the search experience. You're not doing it necessarily for users at all. You're just doing it for search. I think, and I've said this before, I think that they started it out with publishers, but that the Google motive is to expand it and to contain the website within AMP. At what point does a website in AMP become Google's property? 
that they could actually take your content and republish it on Google, thank you very much because there's some sort of hidden clause in you're using AMP somewhere that says Google can do that. I don't know that they would. I don't know they wouldn't. I'm just wondering if there's a motive here. I'm, I'm going to dogpile on this one. I actually think that um, there is a motive, and the motive is speed. That's what it is up front. Um, you know, I, I hear Miley have quotes like this and say things like this, and I'm, I'm mildly, slightly concerned about it because AMP is not necessarily for everyone, and that distinction is not made when they make these statements. Um, and so if you're an e-commerce website, probably not necessarily for you at this time, and yet the audience is made up of people that have these websites who aren't publishers, and they may be looking toward this thinking, oh, AMP, i got to be ready, we got to move to it, we got to do all this. You know, AMP is a very stripped-down user experience, a very lightweight experience, fantastic for page speed, especially when applied in the mobile environment, and that's great for a lot of people, but not necessarily for everyone. And so, you know, business owners really need to be smart about this. We're not debating the merits of, you know, 60 characters or 65 characters on a title tag here, both of which are irrelevant. What we are debating is your type of business. You run ads on your business. AMP is not your space. And I don't know that you're going to get any kind of value out of swapping to AMP and giving up a revenue model for it. Because certainly Google doesn't pay you for coming to play in their, in their playground. That's not how you're going to make money. You're going to make money by monetizing the website, the one you have, optimizing it, ranking well, doing good by users. Part of that is speed. This is actually a very, um, a very focused approach on speed as an absolute, not necessarily the totality of what makes a successful business. Absolutely. And, and who doesn't serve ads on highly trafficked pages, right? I mean, it's, it's part of what we do. Uh, it's part of how this whole uh, system works. Um, it's already, to a degree, to, to chime in on what Bruce had said, uh, and you, what you said, Dwayne, we are playing in Google's playground. When you interact with the AMP carousel, uh, your address, your URL is google.com. It's why when you swipe left or right, you're able to go to another article from another source. Um, it's why you have to put in a special tagging structure in, for Google Analytics to actually record the visit to your website because actually they haven't visited your website, right? It is that second click that will actually send them off to your website. But the first time that they interact with an AMP story, they're on google.com proper. Uh, they're able to, again, swipe to get to another publisher's article. So uh, it really is something that Google has total control over. Uh, and I, I don't blame them for promoting it. Uh, it depends how far are they willing to go to get people to kind of step in line and, and actually make the change. I think the carousel that they have implemented uh, for mobile uh, search results is pretty compelling. Uh, it is top-of-fold real estate that didn't exist previously. Uh, so I think it's got the publisher's attention. How much further are they willing to go, though, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they went this far with, with Google+, Plus, uh, you know, attaching Google+, Plus to... Uh, you needed an account to actually leave a review on Google. Um, you know, Google Plus, you needed a Google Plus account to create what is now a Google My Business account. Uh, 
All these types of things were Google's way of saying, hey, we're attached to this. We're married to it. It's going to work because we say it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know how that ended, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Google, Google, Google Plus, it's on its way out. You no longer, just recently it was announced, you don't have to have a Google Plus account to leave a review on Google any longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that clearly has failed. It's, it'll be interesting to see if that's the way AMP is going to go or not. Yeah, we had um, uh, on and off a number of us had conversations with people at Google and expressed exactly that concern. It's like, look, you know, we can support this and we can, you know, tell people to do it, um, but you've got to support it long term. It can't be a two-year-long experiment that didn't net some lofty goal, and now suddenly you're backing away from it after everyone has done implementation. Now, if you're going to do this, I think Ample pay gener- uh, d- dividends generations from now when kids today want summaries of news, and in their later years, they'll want summaries of news. I still want to read the whole news article, so I will click through or swipe through to find the object. But that younger generation, they only want the summary of it, they'll be able to consume that on Google and not go to the end website. That's a potential problem if it lives that long. So the question of how far is Google willing to go to push AMP right now, only so far as to also kind of um, hedge their their technology and say, but businesses don't get rid of your mobile responsive sites or your mobile sites. That's a telltale right there, right? The don't get rid of your responsive websites, but be ready for AMP. And I'm saying this, this was also part of Miley's comment. Exactly. They're the, hedging the on it, yesterday. right? Because, and I think it would be clearer if the statement were, again, AMP is only right now for certain types of websites, they fit the model best and will see the most success with it. I think that would go a long way to framing this in a kind of view that would be more beneficial for more businesses. Yeah, I mean, look, guys, this is, uh, there was an AMP report in Google Search Console before anyone had even, you know, finalized the code, right? I mean, Google is clearly married to this, for better or for worse. But what happens when they make an announcement like this, when they start to promote something like AMP, is that people who shouldn't be playing in the space end up doing so. You know, as, as, as an agency, as people that are consulting with businesses, it's important that we are careful with our message. Like you said, Dwayne, an e-commerce site mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be making their pages in AMP yeah. because there's really no benefit to it. You're much better off having a fast mobile site that's responsive uh, and that performs well. Uh, and, you know, there are some folks out there who don't care about the details, only about the headline, and they're going to, you know, have this message, oh, you got to go to AMP, got to go to AMP, here's how much it's going to cost. And that's very dangerous. Um, before we take our break, just wanted to hit this quick news about Penguin. Or is it news? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, Webco News. Yeah, exactly. I thought Euler that was one of the most clickbaity things I have seen in months. I mean, we literally had a conversation going on this morning about it. When I read the headline of it, I was like, wow, okay. Because we've been talking the last few days. We've been seeing things on client websites. And we've been asking ourselves, hey, is this the harbinger of an update? Is this the beginning of what it looks like? Might this be it? And then I see this article, and I'm standing in my kitchen this morning thinking, wow, we were right. That was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I click through and read the article. And it's a complete rehash of where we stand today, which is... No commitment. We're still going to roll it out. We don't know when. Keep keep tuned, and maybe we'll give you a date in the future. Right. And it was it was uh, John Mueller essentially saying, when we do roll out Penguin, we'll post an announcement to let yeah. everyone know. 
Yeah. Well, the big thing, I think, of this entire Penguin article, if you will, uh, is that there, the news is that there's no news. That's ultimately what it was, yeah. Yeah, and there are so many people sitting, clients, yep, websites, sitting on the edge of their seat thinking any day now, any day now, any day now. Yeah. So sometimes the news being that there's no news and we don't know when there will be news right. is news. Well, it can certainly have a calming effect on people who are you know, concerned about it and working themselves up because there is no, nothing to talk about. Um, but, I mean, you heard Gary. You know, Gary's backed away from the whole thing, right? He's like, I'm not staying dates anymore because every time I do, I'm wrong. And, well, uh, and then you still have the other issue. I mean, I've been concerned, and I know it's probably just me, but I've been concerned about the fact that the longer Google waits, the mm-hmm. more damage it does to SEOs being contributors to website ranking because so many people have been injured. Oh, I agree. That... People are just becoming bitter about SEO. I agree. Not, not White Hat, but yep. there were so many people doing links. Yep. It, it's in Google's pay-per-click best interest to delay this update. Yes. And it is in everyone else's best interest to continue to do the right thing and wait this out. But that is a tough call sometimes when you're running the business and you're seeing your numbers and you don't like them and... You know, you were told, don't do black hat, you'll get burned, you got to do white hat, now you're doing white hat, and it's not actually netting you what you think it should net you. Well, I fixed it 18 months ago, where right. is it? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we've been waiting for an algorithm to update, and as soon as it does, and this is a, another point on this, when this update happens, I don't think it's going to be a ripple in the pond. I think the longer this takes, the bigger the wave is going to be, because... You know, in the meantime, just speaking from our own experience, we're working like crazy people on getting on top of everything we can possibly do for our clients, fixing everything, uncovering every rock, looking for every opportunity. So there's more and more and more that's going out there that's being built that is positive, that's fighting against this repression of an algorithmic, you know, touch and as soon as that's removed, you're going to see a lot of fluctuation for businesses where they suddenly will shoot up in the rankings. And that can be scary for businesses. If you're not ready for the traffic, if, you, if it's just a sudden surprise and catches you unaware, yeah, it can be a little unsettling. I haven't really checked, but I wonder, in Vegas, are they giving odds on the date and time <laughs> of this release? Yeah. Let's start that. Um, we are going to take a quick break. Um, Christy, where can we find more from Miley in the presentations at the Search Engine Journal Summit? You can find all the info on bruceclay.com slash blog. Um, there's an article on there that has all the takeaways plus slide shares, and you should definitely read it. Thank you, Search Engine Journal, for the press pass to this great show. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we will talk about AI and rank brain. What do you think you guys think about that? More SEM Synergy on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat. 
by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy. Hello, this is Bruce Clay. We're here in part two. We're going to be talking about Rank Brain. Yeah, before we get to that, Bruce, uh, this is Dwayne Gang, and I just want to give you guys a heads up. If you've uh, wor- listened to the first portion of our podcast here, you might notice some fluctuations in the volume. Um, we're actually testing a whole bunch of new equipment, new hardware here at the BCI offices today as we record this. So uh, we're still trying to get our feet wet with it a little bit. Uh, it's, a, it's a fairly complex high-end system. Um, lots of buttons, lots of knobs. Um, so bear with us. If this actually works well and the final product sounds good, uh, we'll do a bit of a recap on the hardware, the setup, and that kind of idea in case folks are interested for their own podcasting. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to uh, do our best here to project into the microphone. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll pick things up maybe with uh, chat a little bit about Rank Brain. Sound good? So Rank Brain, uh, it seems lately anyways, everyone's been kind of losing their minds over Rank Brain, right? And it's regrettable. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Losing their minds <laughs> over like Rank that? Brain. Yeah. Minds over, you know yeah. what's also regrettable <laughs> is that they named it Rank Brain, right? Because right. <laughs> invariably... Uh, to do with rank. The SEO, exactly. It's exactly it, Dwayne. I mean, it has very little to do with the ranking of websites. Now, of course, you know, uh, the article that was published, I believe it was on Forbes, uh, talked a lot about, uh, you know, that this is live in the algo. It's like the third most important ranking factor, which was also misleading, yeah. especially when you consider that machine learning and its place in a search engine algorithm has more to do with query identification and mm-hmm. query classification than it does actually changing the rankings of anything. Right, but query classification brain just doesn't really roll off the tongue. Yeah, very true, very true. Well, if you also want to look at it, at what point uh, is Google likely to give control of anything having to do with ranking to software? I mean, yeah. if, it, if it's in a piece of learning software it's only a matter of time until nobody knows what it's doing. Right. And then that entire search engine loses control and of their technology. Just to be clear, right, Bruce, like there's plenty of times that the engines right now 
where people aren't entirely clear on what's happening. And it's not an AI that's, that's underway. That can happen right now. The way search engines are built, the algorithms are supremely complex. And, you know, we all kind of like joked, right, about how the algorithm is a black box. No, now it's a black box. Now no one can see the growth of that entity within that structure because it's literally being unleashed and told, learn what context is and learn what these things mean within relation to each other and then feed that back into the rest of the algorithm. That's fantastic. I think it's a very good, useful step forward, but it's really tough at that point to like open the engine hood and see the engine. I mean, it just, it isn't there anymore and everything's hidden. So it makes it really hard for even the, we'll say, the owners of this technology to have a clear understanding of exactly where it is at any moment in time. Well, okay, so I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. Rank brain, from what we are able to pick up on it, is a component of what Google is using right now in production, and yes. it is designed to basically take large volumes of data, make some assumptions, it's tweaked to a point where the results are supposedly going to be improving as it learns. Yes. That's absolutely wonderful. Google is a marketing company. Mm -hmm. Google is probably talking about rank brain because now everybody says, oh my God, the greatest thing on the planet is Google. Yeah. Google is a marketing company. It doesn't even have to, if RankBrain did nothing more than said, hey, we had some queries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, boy. <laughs> so is your, is your guess then that they've resurrected Urchin and, and renamed it RankBrain, right? Skip right past GA, and, and this is it. It's their own internal form of reporting. It, who knows what it is? I mean, and, and by the way, I'm not even sure, much like the brain, I'm not sure there's one RankBrain. Oh, I'd agree There's with that. probably like 20 of them, yeah. and each one is doing their own little thing, measuring their own little body piece, yeah. and then somehow, like in the brain, they're maybe, maybe talking to each other, Yeah. and then ultimately, somebody that is a human sits there, or a group of humans, sit there and say, hey, you know, that actually improved in this little brain piece over here. Let's, let's tweak our algorithm to match it. Yeah. And then let, let this rank brain thing run around again. And then, oh, this one over here, it improved a little bit. So let's tweak yep. our algorithm to match it. But I'll bet you the pulse of the algorithm mm -hmm. is a human. I wouldn't doubt that, you know, that I can't imagine machine learning running loose in the algorithm, controlling very high-impact, high-value head-term queries, right, that are very much e-commerce, very much generating income for Google and serving paid ads. Um, I can't imagine that that is where RankBrain is playing. Um, I think the Forbes article that was written even mentioned that uh, it was exceptionally good at crafting SERPs for the queries that Google had never seen before, right? The longer right. tail query that no one had ever made this search previously, mm -hmm. and RankBrain is really good at kind of crafting a good SERP for that experience. Right. You know, and what that means to me is that there's no ads on that page, right? It, it is yeah. one of these longer tail queries that's probably not transactional because again, as Bruce said, they're a marketing company, they're an advertising company, Google at the end of the day, they're not going to let some ghost in a machine control 
what revenue that they're able to generate mm-hmm. for these very important queries that they're making a killing on. And, you know, yeah. they just added the fourth ad above the fold, right? Come on. They're only making $4 billion a month <laughs> on ads. Why wouldn't they give that to a piece of software that's untested? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, like I said, it's, it's a shame that they named it Rank Brain. Because it really does throw things off. I also yeah. think it's interesting that they released the article on Forbes. It really seems like a PR play to me. You made an interesting yeah. comment, Dwayne, during one of our analyst meetings talking about the fact that anything that Google writes an article about and actually talks about in public, mm-hmm. uh, that's not the first time it's seen the light of day. No, not even close. Like, we're, and, and back to that original conversation, you know, we're, we're talking about rank brain and, there is no doubt in my mind RankBrain has been running around the back end of Google for at least a year. So it's finally gotten to the point where they've proven it enough that they could actually talk about it in a tangible way. And that's where all of this comes up. I, too, do find it fascinating that where the story airs has literally nothing to do with the actual space that this is working in. doesn't have anything to do with AI. You're not in a scientific publication. You're not in any kind of higher learning publication, you're in a business periodical. That feels like a play for shareholder attention. And yeah, I'm sure there's some real goodness from this, you know. AI's got to grow from somewhere, and that's a reasonable space. But if you're looking at queries that have never existed before, well, I'm pretty sure the PPC systems still run. In order for there to be an ad, the query has to exist. So until the query exists, the ads can't populate, which means you can't tickle the advertiser and get them to pay for the ad because it never existed. So the more bringing into existence of these long tail things that happen, the more possibility there is to get advertisers to spend more ads. I will tell you that if on a long tail query, the results are better, this is working. Oh. I don't have a problem right. with the fact that it is right. improving results. I, I, I will say it does. Yep. I just want to make sure that, you know, I am able to get the results I want. And I know what marketing engines look like. And I know, yeah. I know that Google has way too much accountability to shareholders yeah. and too much money on the table for them to just walk in and break it. Yeah. So we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, it's it's definitely be something worth watching. When we came into this room to kind of do this recording, we came in with a few discussion topics, possible discussion topics, and I thought, you know, we would see where the conversation led us. And a couple of these, since it's um, Rob's uh, last show, we thought, where, where do you, what do you want to talk about? What's really, like, exciting to you? And some of the topics on this list, um, voice search and the future of long-term strategies, uh, future of SEO and long-term strategies. Um, I'm wondering if that ties into Rank Brain. Is Rank Brain the future? Or who's thinking about Rank Brain? The wrong way to think about SEO because it really goes back to marketing and people and, you know, voice search, which is so complicated and creates so many long tail keywords. But that's why Google has something like Rank Brain to try to parse the data. Right. I mean, Google's just trying to craft the best search possible, right? The more people that use their search engine because they're able to find what they want when they go to it, uh, the more ads that they're going to be able to serve, the more clicks that they're going to be able to get, the more they can justify their existence uh, as an ad company. And and that really has to be at the heart of what we do as SEOs, making sure that all of the data and information that appear on our websites is presented in a way to the search engines 
um, that that makes sense and makes it very clear exactly what it is we're trying, what what query we're trying to answer, if that's what it is, what what our purpose is, you know, uh, making sure that that is all very obvious to the search engines so that can, we can be returned once all of the algorithms and all of the moving parts that determine, you know, what is it that someone's searching for, uh, hopefully we're the best result there. Um, you know, the thing about SEO is that it's expanding uh, dramatically, right? Um, SEO is, is one discipline in a very large family of disciplines um, that have to do with digital marketing, that have to do with, again, um, putting your best foot forward online and selling your products and services in an intelligent way and serving your customers. Um, so, you know, if we keep that at, at, at the back of our minds as we're kind of working towards all of this, um, I think we'll uh, always end up on top. Rob, we'll miss you. we miss you guys too. Thank you, everybody. And check in next week for more SEM Synergy with Bruce Clay, Dwayne Forrester, Christy Kellogg, and me, Virginia Nuffy. The opinions expressed are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of staff or management. Any rebroadcast or retransmission without consent is prohibited.